This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The ink is barely dry on an NDP plan to cut hydro bills up to 30%, and now we are learning that the Liberal government is greenlighting a plan of its own as we speak. According to the Toronto Star, the Liberals will cut costs by 25%, cut bills by 25%, and that includes the 8% Uh, HST break that we already got, mostly by spreading the financing costs of electricity generation contracts over longer periods. It's described as the equivalent of refinancing a mortgage to ensure lower payments over a longer period of time, uh, and that would be to pay for nuclear reactors, natural gas-fired plants, and wind turbines. So my question is... Isn't this just adding more debt? I want to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, let's go to Brady Yock, CEO of the Consumer Policy Institute. Hi, Brady. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? I'm good. Okay, so uh, what do you make of this idea of... Uh, reducing bills by extending uh, amortization. Yes, the details on it aren't clear, but as you point out, one one analogy for this is that we're not actually lowering bills overall. We're just sort of extending the timeline in which we're going to pay these high rates that have been the problem in the past. So it's not clear how they're going to do it, but one option, you mentioned it, is is you could take out debt or, or issue some sort of bonds or do something like that and then use that money to lower rates over the next 20 years and then pay off that debt over the remaining 10 years that they're going to add, lengthen these contracts. But you don't actually lower the cost to, of power. You just, you just sort of delaying the amount of pain we're going to have from 20 years to some other uh, undefined point. Uh, does that seem like a good idea for consumers? Well, no. I mean, if, if consumers want low rates at any cost in the short term, then, then this will do it. But if you want a, an electricity sector that's run in a financially viable way that, that charges you power uh, at a rate at what it costs to produce it, and it's transparent and it's clear, then no, this is a terrible idea. This is just further meddling, meddling a sector that's been basically a political hot potato at this point. So if, if you believe that the electricity sector should work like other markets and be clear and prices should be clear to consumers, then this is not actually going to take you there. Mm-hmm. This is going to move you further away from that idea. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, so how do you view it? Is it just a, you know, a, a political thing? Yeah. So, so at, at this point, the problem is, I think most people understand the problem at this point, is that we generated a lot of power. We, we signed contracts to generate a lot of power. And we signed lucrative contracts for that power, and, and there were various social and political reasons that we did it. And we can debate whether those were good, but they did them. 
but but now the the price of those contracts is is coming through to your monthly bill, and people don't like it. And so the government is now saying, okay, well, we need to find ways to lower it. But they're not actually going at the root of the problem, with it, which is the high price contracts. They're still staying there. They're just playing games and how we're going to pay them back. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any thoughts on how this should be done? Well, I, I think the first thing you have to look at is you have to look at the contracts. And if there's any way that you can either renegotiate them or tax them in some way, and if you can return that tax money back to ratepayers in some way, shape, or form. But if there's a way to actually get at the contracts themselves, that's where you have to start. And if it's not possible, then the government needs to own their decision and say, we did these things, we did it for social reasons, we did it for the environment and various other reasons that they said, and this is the cost and everyone needs to live with it. So here's, here's our, your choice. Uh, what about the NDP's plan? What did you make of that? We were talking about that yesterday with Andrea Horvath. Yeah, I, the NDP's plan is essentially public power. Let's bring power, power sector back to the, the public hands. It can be run by the government. I fundamentally disagree with that proposition. My group for decades has been arguing that the energy sector should be competitive and it should be, should be run by companies that that operate like other companies and other markets, and that public power came at a significant cost. And anyone who's lived in Ontario for the last 20 or 30 years remembers Ontario Hydro and the big bets they made, and that eventually it bankrupted the company, and we we had the the debt retirement charge to try to pay it back. So I don't think public power is a solution. We tried it, and it didn't work. Okay. Um, So, uh, again, I mean, people are really suffering because of these rates, uh, CARP has had a heat or eat campaign. And I mean, literally, people are making choices between paying their hydro bills, heating their homes, or eating, or heating their homes, paying their hydro bills, or, or buying the medication they need. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's shocking. You're talking, the utility business is boring, it's what people buy. They buy stocks and utility companies because they're, they're stable and they're boring. It doesn't change. But Ontario, we've turned the utility business into this. This is the biggest issue in the province. It's more important, according to polls, than things like health care and schools, which, which are the bedrock of government programs. And now this boring utility business is what's taking all our attention and, as you point out, a significant amount of money from people and, and this is, it's not like this anywhere else. It shouldn't be like this here. And uh, in your view, is this uh, solely a case of mismanagement? Yes. I mean, we, the government likes, the province likes to point out that, you know, the, the, the grid was on the verge of collapse. We had to close the coal plants at any cost. And, and they point to these things as, you know, we had to do them. Ontario's grid was not on collapse. It's been exonerated from the big blackout in 2003. Its reliability statistics aren't much different now than they were back in 2003. And there was the coal plants at this point, with demand having collapsed to such a degree in the wake of the financial crisis, probably wouldn't be running that much anyways. So we could have shut them down or used a lot less coal at a lot cheaper cost. So the reason the costs are going up is that we made decisions that made them do this, that there are, there are neighboring jurisdictions like New York and other utilities in the United States, they're seeing their power bills decline. So there's, this isn't happening everywhere. This is happening in Ontario. 
That's uh, pretty interesting, Brady. Let's uh, take a call here and let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We'd like to hear what you think of the report on the Wynn government's plan to cut your hydro bill. What are they going to do? They are going to refinance. They're going to lengthen the time that they pay out these lucrative costs contracts. And you know what? It looks, it certainly looks like they are going to use our money to do it. Because when you refinance, what does it add up to? It adds up to adding debt. So want to hear what you think of that. Is it a good idea? Um, Some people, I'm sure, are so strapped that anything that will lower their monthly bills will provide some relief. So if you're in that position, uh, let us know about that, too. Let's go to Marion in Etobicoke. Hi, Marion. Hi, Libby. Such a a perfect topic. Um, I like the term used, game-playing. Now, and you mentioned refinancing, what we will have to do. What message is there out there, Libby, when everywhere we look, the government is telling us we're too in over our head, young people shouldn't be buying homes if they don't have the down payment, even with the interest rates low, Um, and, and our credit cards is another story, and yet here's the government through smoke and mirrors doing exactly the same thing. Oh, you bet. I mean, uh, smoke and mirrors. If that's smoke and mirrors, there aren't they aren't very smoky. I think it's uh, pretty clear what they're doing. <laughs> but Libby, it's 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 sinful that um, we, the older people, can't help the younger people in teaching them lessons um, on financing. How can we do this when the government does what it does? Well, that's 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 a whole other question. Absolutely, it's, and it's it's the younger people who are going to end up paying for this because exactly and what will they be paying for down the road this and their homes and they'll think oh if the government can do this to me with the hydro i can get into a house my long-term goal like the whole thing is it's it's terrible unsustainable thank it you very really is that's a good word for it. thanks for listening libby <laughs> thank you marion right oh bye-bye bye-bye uh Okay, uh, we now uh, are joined by Todd Smith, who is the PC Energy Critic. Todd, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Good afternoon. Okay, so what do you make of this? Well, it's uh, pretty misleading, for one thing, and it's, it's a bit desperate, actually. Um, and you know, we're still dealing with uh, a leak to the Toronto Star here, so we're not exactly sure uh, what all the details are. Um, but what they're alluding to is the fact that it's going to end up costing more for electricity as a result of this if it actually does come to fruition. Uh, I mean, again, you know, how do you refinance without adding more debt? You can't. You, you can't. You, you, you actually, by renegotiating or extending these contracts, not even renegotiating, but extending these contracts, will end up paying more for electricity a lot of electricity that you don't need in the long run. So this is more um, liberal math, um, and it's more of, um, I guess, what what we've seen for years from this liberal government is they'll just keep heaping more onto the tax base, and they'll keep mortgaging the future of our kids at the same time. Uh-huh. Brady, do you have any uh, comment on uh, Todd's take on this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with him. We don't have details, but 
as I said, if, if, they, if they end up taking debt to, to extend the life of these contracts, then yes, you're going to end up paying more. Uh, I'm hopeful that they're actually going to look at the contracts themselves and maybe reconsider them. But the Toronto Star, Star story didn't allude to that, so I, I don't know if they're going to do that. But, yeah, if you just extend the contract, you're not actually dealing with any of the problems. And mm. they're still going to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as I said, there, there's no question that a lot of people are having a lot of trouble with this. And uh, really, something has to be done to lower those bills. Uh, Todd, what would you do? What what would your government do if you were elected, if there was a PC government? Yeah, I mean, we haven't come out with our plan in full yet. Patrick Brown, our leader, was very, very uh, sincere when he said we want to go through the process of the policy advisory committee and then having a policy convention so members of the PC party across Ontario can uh, decide which way we're going to go before the next election. So we're committing to that. But at the same time, Patrick and our party have been very clear about the fact that we will stop uh, putting these expensive, particularly renewable contracts in the ground, uh, these hugely subsidized contracts. And uh, there are many of them out there that are already operating and driving up the cost of electricity by double digits for electricity customers across the province. And there are many more that are still in the queue that are being built, that are putting expensive, unreliable electricity on the grid. And they continue to do the same things. And in the Toronto Star leaked story, they didn't allude to stopping that practice, which is the biggest driver of the soaring cost of electricity. So they're just looking at extending it. Or I think the minister just said in scrums, snow plowing. Uh, they're <laughs> snow plowing the cost over a longer period of time. So um, that's not going to do anyone any good. And I don't think that the public in Ontario is going to fall for this. Snow plowing, that's a good word. I mean, it was interesting. In uh, No wonder they're leaking to the Toronto Star because the way the Star described it is smoothing out the costs. Yeah, it sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah. It, and, and it was very misleading. I mean, the headline is extremely misleading, uh, the 25% number that they're throwing out there. I mean, 8% of that occurred on January 1st when they dropped the provincial portion of the HST. So what we're really talking about here is 17%, and I don't believe that they can find that with the plan that they have. Right. Now, I know that this is just a a leaked story that presumably they're dealing with this as we speak in a cabinet meeting. But uh, do any of you have any idea how much a plan like this would cost in the long run? Uh, It's not not clear who, like they, they, in the story, the leaked story, they say they're going to go after some of the contracts and nuclear, the nuclear reactors. But Nuclear reactors aren't really on contracts. They they go before the OEB, and the OEB approves the rates or doesn't approve the rates. So it's not clear who they're actually going after. If they're going after the wind and solar contracts and some of the NAC gas contracts that they signed, then, then that's one piece of the puzzle. If they're going after nuclear reactors, that's another piece of the puzzle that's much larger, and, they're, and we don't know what they're going to do in, in that arena. Uh, Todd, what about your number crunchers? Uh, anything from them? Tough to crystal ball it because you don't know exactly um, – you know, what they plan on doing and how, I think they've said five years, they would extend the contract. I think it's safe to say um, it's going to end up costing billions of dollars more. Um, but, but because we don't have the actual contracts and we've never had uh, the actual contracts, they're just not uh, publicized, especially in the renewable sector. Uh, we don't know um, how much this could cost at the end of the day, but uh, it's going to cost more. There's no question about it. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Bob in Brantford. Hi, Bob. Hi. Hi, Lip. Uh, just a few points. Um, 
they keep touting how the air is cleaner and there's less deaths from asthma. Well, they shut down 300,000 manufacturing jobs of liberals in the last dozen years. The coal piles, if you Google the Great Lakes, like Michigan, the south side of Erie and Ontario, there's coal piles all over the big cities. They're burning coal. The coal piles are going to get bigger because of what Trump is doing. And they haven't shut this dismantle our coal generators are mothballed. They're going to start them up when they, they say they need them. They're on old technology. They're costing two, two, two and a half million per year to maintain them over five years. That's over a billion dollars. And instead of retooling these coal facilities for clean burning coal, and it's there, there's new technology, they just think coal's a dirty four letter word. They've just, they won't even, as soon as you say coal, they won't, they shut you down. Yep, they are not into the uh, so-called clean coal. Thanks for your call, Bob. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are almost out of time on this topic. Um, uh, Todd, what would you like to leave us with? It's a a government that's obviously desperate. This is a a crisis situation for them. Uh, They realize, I think, that the election next year is hinging on this. So they've come out with a rather desperate plan. And uh, it's sad, actually, when you've seen the number of jobs that have left Ontario for other low-cost energy jurisdictions. You know, we saw Extrata, the the copper uh, smelter, move across from Timmins over to Quebec to save hundreds of thousands, if not more, per year on their electricity bill, and greenhouse growers that are moving from Chatham area in southwestern Ontario just across to Michigan for lower electricity. It begs the question, you know, and I think everybody knows the answer, why is the government so desperate to do something now uh, when they allowed this disastrous double-digit energy increase to occur year after year over the last several years? Okay, PC Energy critic Todd Smith. Uh, and before we go, Brady, uh, what would you like to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the idea of having uh, political control over an entire sector, an entire industry, uh, produces per- perverse outcomes. And, and we've seen it in Ontario. So we could talk about canceling contracts or extending them and these sorts of things. And we should do all those. But we should also think about how we run this entire sector and, and, and get, bring it back into the hands of, of competitive and private interests. Okay, that sounds like it might be a good idea. Thanks very much to you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.